Blog Talk Radio. Sagittarius. Very nice for all forms of creative endeavors, 
for uh, getting out there, for putting ourselves out uh, in the world and, um, and, and encouraging our creative uh, impulses, our desire to explore that Sagittarian, our desire to lead, our desire to have a vision. So it's sort of a visionary, adventurous time where we can say, you know, I want to try something new. I want to do something. I feel motivated. Very stimulating uh, time right now for that. Um, Mercury in uh, Libra, and it is actually in a fairly tight square with Pluto. That can make for, I think, some epic kinds of arguments and confusions for people. Um, Pluto and Mercury square is sort of in a very aggressive communication style. So if you're encountering anybody that's, you know, talking harshly or whatever, you're going to have to recognize usually a very fast-moving transit, maybe lasts a day or two. And um, since Mercury is in Libra, it could be about relationships. Since Pluto is in Capricorn, it could be about business partnerships, business relationships, or people that you have uh, relationships with at work. So the Mercury and Libra square Pluto and Capricorn conflict, because those two signs are square, um, has to do with relationships often involving um, something in the business and career, but it could also be at the home since Capricorn rules men and and father figures and stuff like that. Uh, Mars is in Scorpio. It's still making an excellent aspect to other parts of the chart. There's no real conflict with Mars, which is really great. Um, and uh, Jupiter is in Gemini. Uh, not retrograde yet, but getting very, very close. And Saturn has now gone into the 28th degree of Libra and uh, will be moving by just about one month from now into Scorpio. So, we are looking forward to that big sign change in the next two-year interval. Uh, Uranus is still square Pluto, almost exactly, almost exactly, as a matter of fact, tonight, 652 Aries and 657 Capricorn, that's a big square. So we have seen tension, the tension that's coming out of that Uranian-Pluto square, the Middle East, Libya, uh, aggressive, those kinds of aggressive um, uh, energies that we've had again in the Middle East where there's been a rebellious sense of individuals against what's apparently or what's experienced as an oppressive like the United States government even though that the poor um, ambassador was apparently a really decent guy who was trying to help bring peace to the region so um, it's a shame when the masses get like the confused with who really has done uh, you know something bad or against their 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 needs neptune going back down to zero degrees pisces if you are you know having very intense dreams doesn't surprise me at all um neptune and pisces would would create much deeper access to the unconscious and uh so um I think that's still what's going on with Neptune. Also, it's not making any negative aspects, thank God. Uh, no negative aspects with Neptune. So um, that's the Global Energy Minute. Uh, tonight we're just going to talk a little bit about Libra. We're going to talk a little bit about the energy of balance and how um, Libra represents a point, a point, the idea that 
balance is not static, that when we <clears throat> stand on our toes, um, you know, we're on a point and we could be balanced, but a lot of muscle movement has to still occur in order to keep us from falling over. So even when we're, we've reached a point of what's really like apparent balance, there's still a swaying going on uh, between one side and the other. And that's because Libra is ruling the ideas of diplomacy and harmony and peace and um, compromise and communication between two people. And uh, Mercury is in Libra tonight, as I said, and that's very exciting because it's a very fair-minded communication that's possible um, between people right now because the uh, Libra and connecting it with the mind is a very nice place to put that Libra energy. It's an air sign, and air signs rule the mind and mental processes, communication processes. So... um, Libra itself as a sign is very concerned with, you know, uh, tempering and not being involved in the extremes and bringing things to the center. But as I said, even when we're in the most apparently balanced and non-extreme place, there's still a tremendous amount of movement going on because there has to be fluctuation from one side to the other. So visualizing a scale and the way they rock back and forth even when they're really in very close balance you know a very finely tuned scale um, will continue to weigh and weigh back and forth before it settles out and you see which side is um, weighs more unless you're doing you know something extreme if you're coming into a place of balance then that it's harder to detect so since Libras are in that place of balance, they're sometimes difficult to make up their mind because they're seeing both sides of the story. And what's interesting about this time, the September the 23rd uh, fall equinox, is that we have that transition from summer to fall, and the energy of the summer is being carried over into the fall. This is one of the big differences between the spring equinox in Aries and the, uh, the the autumnal equinox, which is Libra. And that is that on the opposite side of the year, we have winter coming into spring. And spring is all about newness. It's all about leaving behind the winter, the the, the cold. And winter has, say, protected seeds and protected things from the harsh coldness. But winter itself has been a very introspective time, and then all of a sudden spring is a time to kind of come out of that. Summer is a time when we're, you know, bearing fruit and collecting an abundance and having energy coming into our lives and the system. The the, the earth is very um, full and very fertile because it's summertime and it's producing a lot. And as we go from that time, the days are getting shorter. This is what the equinox is. It's about having equal day and night we're we're carrying with us that summer energy into the fall. And so Libra is about the balance between what it is that we've actually been able to have produced in one summer time, an amount of summer, 
into what would be, um, you know, the autumn and then needing that for the winter. So the fall is actually a, a balancing act between what we have stored, stored energy, how much surplus do we have, and how much are we going to need of that to be able to carry us all the way through to the spring, which is that newness. And so it's a different kind of balance, the kind of balance that represents a transition from fullness fullness to um, uh, stored for, to stored energy. So the summer is all about a very productive kind of externalized energy, and then the fall is all about taking that energy and storing it. Um, the spring, the opposite of that. It's really more about the depletion of the resources and then the renewal, the jump start, the kicking over again of a new cycle of productivity that begins as the days start getting longer. So that balance is something that's explored in the tarot in the key called justice because justice itself has to be administered with a balanced state of mind. Can't react to a situation emotionally and expect to really come up with what you would think is a fair result. Of course, emotions often sway our sense of justice, but, um, but it's only with that level-headed sense of centeredness that we can truly examine both sides of a situation and figure out what a just course of action is. So in the tarot, the Libra card is the card of justice, and um, it's a very uh, powerful place of administering a, um, a kind of almost cold, because the air signs can be cold, but a clinical perception of truth, which is the mm, the sort of, farthest out point of air, what air is capable of achieving in its exploration and its me in the mental realm. It's capable of achieving a sense of truth, truthfulness, absolute truth, what is true. And in order for that to be done in Libra, it has to be balanced and just because you can't find the truth if you're not being centered and you're not observing things with a clear and fair-minded approach. This is the Libra way. And that's what you want when you go to seek justice, is you want fairness, right? So when they say justice has been done, and they say, well, it's fair, everything is fair now, and, you know, fair meaning even, you know? We're fair, fair, yep, good. Even Stephen kind of thing where, you know, we feel good about the relationship that we've made with another person because we don't feel cheated, we don't feel betrayed, we don't feel taken advantage of, we don't feel like, you know, there's an, there's an imbalance or an indiscrepancy between the energies that we're sharing with another person. This is also Libra. And Libra is all about the contract that we make with another person in order to be able to establish that fairness. Um, I want to let everybody know that if you'd like to try and find me on Facebook, it's Dr. Craig. I am Dr. Craig. And on Twitter, I'm Astro Healer. And on um, the internet, it's uh, com. So it's Los Angeles, LAHealer.com, where you can find out more about my work and my private sessions. What I'd like to do right now is I'd like to jump in and do a little bit of that meditation um, that I had mentioned that we were going to be doing tonight. So we're going to be doing a Libra-based meditation.
and um, everyone needs to be able to get into a comfortable place with your feet flat on the floor. I will have a sip of water, and um, I'm getting comfortable myself here, feet flat on the floor, and you want to take a breath in and a breath out and allow your body to relax. And if you've been doing meditations with me now for a little while, you know it's very easy to find that relaxation point. Just let go. Like, let go of the muscles between your eyes. So that if you don't have a furrowed brow, you don't have a furrowed mind or body. So we breathe in and out. And as you let it out, just feel your shoulders relax your forehead, your facial muscles, your forearms, your fingers. Tap your feet on the floor a couple of times. Make sure you're grounded really well there. And then feel your knees, your hips, the muscles of your thighs relax. And allow your breathing to take a slower rhythm. Allow your breathing to come to a place where... It's in and out, and you're connected. And I want you to go into a large room, a large room in your mind, and it's a very clean room, and it has columns, and at the far end, there's a great big stone throne of sorts, and sitting in it is a woman in a white robe, and she's blindfolded, And in her left hand, she's holding a scale. And in her right hand, she's holding a sword. Walk over to that woman and stand before her. And in your mind, I want you to try to connect with her and her truth. See her there in her flowing robes. See her there with the scale in perfect balance, with the sword ever at the ready, the sword that will cleave away untruth, the sword that will create the exacting line of truth in the universe. And be in that place, be in this hall with these beautiful columns and this beautiful chair and this beautiful woman and know that she's listening, but she does not have to see with her eyes because she feels justice. She hears justice, and she does not need to be swayed by what it is that she sees. So no color of our skin, no accent of our speech, no educational differences, no way in which we're dressed matters before justice, true justice. Stand there. And in the room in front of her, turn your hands up to her as if to say, I am an open book and I am here with nothing to hide. She smiles slightly at you. It's sweet because she sees that truth, that truth where you've come and justice You hand over the judgment to her. She sees you. She knows your goodness. 
she nods her head to you. You turn and walk away. And you go out of that room and you go out of those columns and you come back to the chair and you come back to me. And it's a very simple balancing, very simple way of sensing that as you are, you are fair. As you are, you are fine. As you are, you are divine. And that facet of God, that judgment, that justice particle, beautiful as she is, is there to show you that you have within you your own ability to see the truth, to hear the truth, to know the truth of your own actions, of your own words, and of your own connections to others, of the things that you want to accomplish, of your goals. They're there for you. And as you come back to where you are right now and you look around the place where you're in, your own home or your office or wherever you might be listening to this, think of how you can look upon everything it is that you have, that you own, that you occupy with a great sense of fairness and justice. There's something in the tarot that says that some belief in injustice is the true definition of ignorance. That the belief that the divine is an in, is unjust or that everything is not exactly as it should be and in accordance with the way that it should be. So to look around your own place or to see what it is that you have is justice. Justice has been done in order for you to be gifted with what it is that you have. Maybe it comes from past lives. Maybe there are certain lifetimes where we can sort of reap the bounty of what represents justice in our karma and potentially then have missed the point and abused that that sense of abundance, maybe that's possible, and then I would imagine that justice comes back to us eventually in a different way. Yet, as things are, justice is done. So I did see this beautiful crescent moon tonight, and that reminded me of a scale as I was watching it go down, not too far behind the sun, and I was thinking about how beautiful it is, and it somewhat represents one of those pans on either side of the scale, and I thought about the two points on either side of it being a scale, and I realized that, you know, emotionally we're definitely involved in the establishment of what we feel is just or justice. You know, we get very worked up when we feel that things are out of balance. And we want to take a minute to just send some positive energy and some light out into the universe for the the just completion of our global task this year. We have an important year this year, and we want to send out a good energy 
for the completion of our global task. I, um, I'm only going to be doing the show tonight for about a half an hour, so there's only a few more minutes. If somebody wants to call in, I'll be happy to do a reading for you. Otherwise, I'll probably be saying goodnight soon. And I will be back next Thursday uh, at 8 o'clock Pacific. So um, I want to wish everyone a happy equinox. Mary Lou Who just checked in. And um, hi, Mary Lou. You should call in. We could have a chat. So, um, right, as I was saying, this is a time this year, 2012, is a time when we need to send, um, we need to be able to send out positive energy for all the things that we're trying to accomplish uh, in this year. And that we want to be able to send out a positive light an energy of justice, a just energy, an energy of fairness. We want to be able to use this coming equinox to suggest that the universe should bring this kind of fairness to us, that we, we should be able to see the way that the world is just and that we're in control of that. We're in control um, of the... Um, of the energy that we're putting out there. We're in control of the energy that we're bringing out back to us. And that injustice represents a sense of ignorance. Um, and um, we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want anybody to, you know, we don't want any sense of ignorance or a blockage to our sense of truth to mar the way. And, you know, as people are, as people are, um, uh, I think, debating great topics, you know, great topics, anything from uh, global warming to our need to take care of each other as opposed to our need to take care of ourselves, um, politics, religion, relationships. There's so many truths that we're all trying to sort out. And Libra represents those truths. Libra represents that ability to bring those truths to light. Mary Lou, you're on the Inside Connection. Hi. It's been a quiet show. Why? That's unusual. It's just been a quiet show. I don't I maybe I didn't promote it enough this week. So it's just been a quiet show. Sometimes I have one caller after another tonight, no, but I did do a meditation before you checked in, which was kind of nice, very short. And just was talking about Libra energy and balance and how to be able to stay centered in what feels like a really chaotic time, you know, that we're that that we're all we all react to things very emotionally and the the real balance point, the real truth of a situation is not a push button reaction to something. It has to do with an analysis. It has to do with Libra and and air and our ability to see both sides of the story before we make a judgment. Well, why is Libra so important right now? Is it a certain alignment that's going on or something? The sun is going into Libra. The equinox is on Saturday oh. morning. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. 
<laughs> yeah, this is the last, I was saying, it's the last 36 hours of summer. Wow. Yeah, we're about to go into the autumn. And, there, and, and when I was talking before, I think I had this really nice thought. It came very spontaneously out of me that Libra represents this balance time in the equinox because we're taking everything that we've been able to accumulate in the summer, you know, figuratively, it's the time when we can grow food, right? And we're, we're evaluating how much of that did we actually harvest, did we accumulate, so that we can allocate it all the way through the fall and the winter. We don't exactly have those same, you know, issues now since a lot of food movement is very global. But there's still, you know, I mean, the United States a huge portion of the United States doesn't really grow food in the middle of the winter. You're not growing wheat in the middle of, you know, Nebraska and Kansas and all those beautiful states that that really grow the bread basket. And they're in winter. They don't, you know, they don't um, necessarily grow food. So there's still, a, a, I think, an appropriate metaphor to say that one year's worth of energy has come to us over the summer. What were we able to produce from it? And now we're going to have to allocate it for the with the autumn and the winter. And that's the balance point of Libra. Wow. But isn't uh, is is um is the Saturn thing that was sitting on Libra is that moved on yet? Almost. You know, it has about another three and a half weeks. Saturn is still in Libra, but it's at the 28th degree, and it's almost going into Scorpio. And we're going to see a big change, another big change. Every time Saturn goes into Scorpio, it um, it creates some kind of cleanse, to put it politely. <laughs> a, a good cleanse? Cause I'm yeah. I mean, it brings to the light. A, it brings to the light a place where a blockage exists that needs to be cleaned out. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. How have you been? Um, I went on a grant proposal, and I I met with a publisher, uh, not a publisher, a, uh, a literary rep today, and uh, oh good. She said that uh, my project would be a hard sell, but if anyone else makes me an offer, she would counter it. But I have to get it to that point, which she doesn't think it's there. She just doesn't see uh, who would buy. Who would buy it? Uh-huh. <sighs> so, got my work cut out for me still. That's fine. Don't let some one person shut you down. That's all I can tell you. Well, they, they weren't, they wanted to stress that they weren't saying no. They were saying, you show me uh, a no, uh, show me a, a proposal where I can't say no because you've already made the sales. <laughs> you know? Right. Pre-sell. Pre-sell it before we Well, you know what? I think they're looking for a platform. People look for a platform so that if you have something to sell and you want to sell an idea, you want to sell a book, you want to sell a photography exhibit or a screenplay or, you know, anything like that, they want to see a platform. So they want to see, you know, like who is already interested in buying this book, this collection. She's like, what celebrity will write a forward for? Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I know lots of celebrities hanging around that want to write a forward for it. Not? Yeah. 
except me. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a published author with Simon & Schuster, so see, you do know someone who could write you a forward for it, and then... And, and and I'm an author, and so you can reference. You know what I'm saying? Well, she it's wants not someone huge. like huge. It's obviously not huge, like, but it's something. She wants someone like Brad Pitt because. Yeah, of course, they all want Bill Clinton to write mm-hmm. it, but that's not that's not realistic. But yeah, Jimmy why don't Carter. you write to Brad Pitt? Jimmy Carter would be a good one. But why don't you write to Brad Pitt? He's a good one too. I I'm gonna have to start trying to find how to contact these people. Oh, that's easy. That's very easy. You um, you go online and you put Brad Pitt and you put manager, and online you'll find Brad Pitt's manager's information. I'm sure it's somewhere here in L.A., and you'll just write a really nice letter. You'll write a letter saying that you have a retrospective of photography, uh, some of it from Florida, but it's pertinent to the work that he's interested in and about how people can come from nothing and, and, and rise up and create structure in their lives. I think he would be really interested in it. I think you empower yourself to do it by sending it out there. Yeah, you know, then the man when the manager calls and says, actually, Brad wants to see the photographs, then that's when you have to be like, oh, cool. Right. He's in New Orleans all the time. Yes, he is. He has a house here. Um, that's a very good idea. And then the other one is to uh, find a, a um, organization that will accept or or take or no pay for a guaranteed uh, 2,000 to 5,000 books as a fundraiser because they will get profits from it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> well, I would think that that would also be, you would also be looking at people who distribute food and things like that because... That's the other thing that they would do is that they would sell that book after they bought it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but but my writing is not necessarily nice to the people that – I'm not that I'm anti to the people that give food, but one of the things in Miami was um, you um, you don't get fed unless you listen to the sermon. And uh, I get it, but, you know, I kind of need to – share that and and that's kind of interesting like if you give a gift it should just be a gift yeah no no i get that i get There's that a gift with a price that's tag. conditioning you know yeah i get and that it, that's a tough spot and it's a catch-22 i'm not saying it's wrong i see why you do it but you know it's like if you don't want to accept Krishna as your personal Lord and Savior, you still have to hear the Krishna speech or whatever it is. Right, before we'll give you the bread and water. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's sort of like going in and buying a timeshare, you know. They'll sit you down for a free luncheon, but they've you've got to listen to the sales spiel. And the other thing that always blew my mind is I, I didn't understand that a homeless person has to pay for every night in the shelter. Yeah. And you can't get the shelter unless you make money. So that panhandling money may be paying for their night in the shelter, or yeah. they, or it may be paying for their next fix. Yeah. You don't know. No. So you can't judge one way or another. You just have to trust that they can decide whether they want a fix or a night in the shelter with a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that I 
have an opinion one side or the other, but there there's issues that need to be addressed without emotion. Just throw it out there. Yes, this is what we're talking about tonight, making choices without emotions, looking at the truth of the situation. What I'm going to do right now, though, is I have to let you go back to making the to writing your proposals. I have one other person holding on the line. Okay. And um, you know how much I love to see you on the show. And thank you. Sometimes people call in. Even I didn't. I get a caller from like way east Louisiana. Somebody that knew you last week. I had a caller, and she was like, "I'm just following Mary Lou." <laughs> it was really great. Is really great. So thanks for referring people to the show. No, I actually don't know that woman. She's just uh, she's just a groupie like I am. Awesome, awesome. Well, let me see who's on the line here, and I will uh, talk to you soon. And you know, I want to do a show about art, so I'm waiting for you to approach me. Oh, okay. Well, right now I'm trying to figure out how to make all this come together. Um, and anytime you want a reading, I'll be glad to give it a try. <coughs> awesome. So let me cool. know. Cool. All right, honey. Have a great night. All right. Good night. Area code six eight six zero. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm not feeling I'm sick today. Ah, <laughs> uh, have you ever called my show before? Yeah, I did it one time. I think it was. Um, I believe it was early one month ago. I hope okay. you're familiar with me. <laughs> um, I'm the Libra. You're the Libra? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, like right now I'm just like, I don't know. It's It's just like my mind is like all over the place right What's now. What's your first name? Basil. How do you spell it? S T A C I L. It's like it's like Stacy, but no why. I have it. New Britain, Connecticut. Mhm. Got it. Yeah. Um. But the biggest thing I have in my mind was like, I think I need more friends. Like, I'm like really lacking on my social area of my life. Uh huh. Just make me like really moldy. Like I just want to get really mad at people because the people that I wanted to talk to, they don't really want to talk to me. They don't and want to. I feel like it because it just seems that way. I want uh-huh. to talk one or two person. I feel like I need more than just one or two person. Not that there's anything wrong with those two people. They're like my bestest people in the whole wide world. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's important to try and find groups and and associations, but one of the things about friendship, and, you know, you do have lessons to learn about friendship in your chart, but one of the things is about friendship in general is that, you know, like, friendship doesn't just, you know, like the way you say, like, oh, I have one or two, but I want more, and I just want to get mad at people when they don't want to be my friend. And it's like, uh, well, they're entitled to not want to be your friend. You know what I mean? You're certainly not going to make friends with people by getting angry at them. (laughs) So I think maybe some of it is that, you know, you feel angry because you feel marginalized. But the truth is, is that it takes time to become friends with people. 
And so you have to put yourself into group situations where, first of all, there are friendly people, right? There are a lot of people out there who are not friendly. We don't want to try to be friends with them, right? Yeah. Right. I'm just, like, I get angry because I'm just, why they're not even want to talk to me? I feel like there's something wrong with me or something. Right. Not That's to... the thing is that you're blaming yourself instead of just continuing to look and see if you can find some other people who do want to talk to you. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Do you see more friendship coming in for me? Well, you know, you my... have you have your moon in Gemini in the 11th house, which is about friendship and and um do you have some some women that are friends and that's the only people that i talk to like it's just women and i'm like want more males like because i'm gay so i wish right. i had more like friends or something it's like right but then you either need to join like a gay meetup group or you need to find a gay community service center where you live where do you live connecticut well, how far away do you live from New Haven? Um, or Hartford? Like, well, Hartford, that's... Um, I don't live too far from Hartford. Hartford is about... Maybe from driving, it's about 15 minutes. Well, Hartford is going to have a gay, service, a gay service center or something where gay people meet. So, And if not, then New Haven will because it has Yale, so it has a bigger college community. But the idea is that, you know... You have to, you know, find the gay community in order to be able to find other gay men that are like you. And you can't do that in a bar unless you want to just go to a bar all the time and just sit down at the bar and start drinking and meet all the different people who go there all the time and drink. If that if that doesn't appeal to you, then you need to find a community service center. And that's where you're going to be able to make friends. So I would look up, um, you know, in... Um, in the Hartford area, um, Gay Community Service Center. Do you know where there is one in Hartford already? Um, mm, no, um, the only thing I have gone with Hartford was some gay clubs that I've gone. I haven't gone there for a while. I right. Because I don't drive, so. And she lost her car, so that's why. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But I know I like I talk to some of them on Facebook, but they don't really want to talk to me. You know, I want to make friends with them, but sometimes I feel like maybe they don't trust me. But, uh-huh. I mean, they don't there is me. a gay community center in Hartford on Broad Street in Hartford, so you should really look it up. It's called the Gay and Bisexual Community Center of Hartford, and um, you should look it up and see what kind of services they offer. Because it's, if you want to make friends, that's probably the best place. You can volunteer. You can volunteer in, like, any kind of a gay service center, whether it's for, like, an AIDS service organization or any other kind of uh, gay organization. A lot of times, you know, they're they're involving, like, doing mailers or things like that. Or if there's some kind of an AIDS walk in Connecticut, you meet different people that are involved in the community. That's how you make more friends. Yeah, that's I what I would tell you to do. Okay, if you're only 15 minutes away from Hartford, you should try to at least call the Gay Community Service Center there and see what kind of things they offer for socials or where they might be able to steer you. 
Okay. Okay? Okay. Good to talk to you tonight, and thanks for calling back into the show. Thank you. So, yeah, you know, it's hard I think when we're when we feel marginalized and sort of left out in the left out in the community. Um the um you know, we're we 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 get to a point where we're like, wow, what's going on? You know, what how do I figure out how to connect with people? And yeah, that doesn't that's not some that's not something that feels particularly really good. Um you know, if we don't feel like it, if we don't feel like we can, you know, say this is where I need to go, this is how I can, you know, connect with people or make myself feel more happy or make myself, we all crave that. We all crave so much to be connected with other individuals that I think that it's, um, you know, it's something that we we also need to put work into. And I think we we realize that as we get older, and that's why, for that last caller, we really end up not having lots and lots of friends. Maybe there we can even be involved with a group of people, but you really find out that there's only a few people in there that, you know, would come to your aid if you needed you. And developing those tight relationships takes time. It happens over time. And you're a very young caller from near Hartford, Connecticut, but, um, you know, you're not young enough that you still don't have to consider that relationships, friendships, career, jobs, marriages, children, home life, all these different things take work, and it's a part of our uh, discipline and responsibility to be able to say, you know, this is important to me and I want to make this happen. It's not about you. There's nothing wrong with you that you're not able to make those connections. The only thing is you have to open yourself up to finding and meeting the right ones. So, um, you know, I think that's a part of of, um, of the Libra way is recognizing the work we need to do because we're talking about that. What's the work we need to do in order to be able to get the harvest? That's what Libra weighs out. It weighs out the cost versus the benefit. You know, it's a part of that. What did it take to, you know, like get to a specific city or a community center if I don't have a car? If I go three times in the next month, if I try to get there once a week, if I go once a month for the next year, will I end up with one friend, one new friend? Would that be a good cost benefit? Universally, I would say yes. You know, because to end up with one good friend, that's the keynote there, then you're on your way to having what it is that you want, which is more connections in general. So on that happy Libra note, I'm going to leave you tonight with Nick Drake and Road, and I will see you next Thursday right here on the Inside Connection. Have a good night.